in third John this morning. Praise God. We've been looking at third John a little bit here and uh, again, keeping our focus on the four verses and the four reasons, four reasons, should I say, not four verses, but the four reasons. John wants to increase our, add to our faith and joy. Amen. He wants to add to our joy. He wants our joy to be overrunning. Amen. Do you have good joy? Do you have excitement in God? Amen. Are you joyful? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. David said, in his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand is there is pleasures forevermore. Amen. We should have the joy of the Lord just everywhere about us. From the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, we should have joy unspeakable, Peter said, and full of glory. And the half is not been told. As a born-again believer... If I don't have joy, I need to examine myself to find out where is my joy? Why don't I have joy? Why and where did I lose it? Uh, amen. My joy, it came with the Holy Ghost. So if I'm not overflowing with joy, I need to examine myself. Says, wait a minute here. Why am I not having the things that God promised me? In my life that came with the Holy Ghost. If I lost my love, where is my love? Where did it go? You know, you remember the more worldly song, where did our love go? You know, where did it go? Where's Jesus here? You know, I'm supposed to have love constantly in my heart, my joy, my peace. If I don't have peace and contentment and serenity, where did it go? Who, who did I let steal it? Who did I let take it? You know, where's my gentleness? Where's my goodness or my kindness? You know, where did it go? Where's my faith? Where's my humility? Where's my self-control? Where did, where did I lose it? You know, that if it's not there every day, every moment, where's it at? Who did I let steal it? You know, God has given us things that He wants us to have in our lives. We can't keep focusing and, and losing the things that God gives us. Amen. We have to add to these things. We want our joy. We, you know, we want to, he wants to guard us against sin. You know, why am I letting sin into my life? When I know the word of God tells me that, I, you know, to, I, I've been forgiven of my sins. I was baptized for the remission of my sins. So therefore, I'm supposed to guard myself so that I don't just let sin keep coming into my life and into my home and, in, and into the way that, you know, that who I am as a child of God. I've got to protect myself. And that's what God's word does for us. Uh, and the false teachings and the false doctrines. Uh, I've got to study, Paul said, to show myself approved of to God. I've got to continue in the Word of God. I've got to stay in the things so I can know truth from error. Amen. And then the fourth reason, remember, is so that our faith will be strong. Amen. We should have strong faith in the Lord. We should have faith in God's ability and God can do anything. Amen. He works all things according to his will in my life. And I know that if I quote that scripture, Romans eight twenty eight, that all things do work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the call according to his purpose, I better stand on it. Amen. I better hold true because without faith is impossible to please him. 
For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, uh, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will uh, have mercy and abundantly pardon. For his ways are not my ways, neither are his thoughts my thoughts. They're too much higher. Amen. But the overall premise is we're going to have eternal life. Praise God. And that's exciting. So John, again, here in the third epistle, again, he writes to Gaius. And we have seen that Gaius, the word Gaius means Christian, or same way as in second epistle, the lovely lady or the, you know, was, is also classified as a, as a Christian. Amen. So John is writing to the church here. And now in verse 3, John says, for I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testify of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. Amen. See, so we must walk in this truth. We, what does it mean to walk in the truth? To walk in the truth means to follow the truth. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, you follow me as I follow Christ. And we know that Jesus is the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we need to follow the truth. We need to follow Christ. You know, we need to go by the examples that he has laid out for us according to his word. It is to obey the truth. It is to obey God's word. Remember, James told us when Brother DeMuth was teaching there for about three months on, on the book of James, he was, he was talking about don't just be a hearer of God's word. We've got to be a doer of God's word. That's the, that's the overall thing is I can't just read the word of God and don't apply it to my heart. I've got to do what it's telling me to do. I have to obey it. I've got to live the truth. The Word of God must be in me. It must be a reflection of Christ in me. I've got to act according to this truth. Amen. My conduct, my character, my act, who I am must be revealed as Jesus Christ in me, the hope of glory. Amen. So if I'm going to walk according to the Word of God and live according to the Word of God and to act according to the Word of God, then guess what? I'm going to have joy in me. Now notice verse 4. John says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Amen. We are walking in the truth. Remember last week we says, notice, in the truth. Walk in truth. We've got to walk in this truth of Jesus Christ. Amen. We have got to be what God is asking of you and me to be constantly if we're going to have great joy. Amen. No greater joy than to hear that the children are walking in truth. We are the children of God. Paul writing to the church at Rome in the 8th chapter in verse 16 and 17. Romans chapter 8 verse 16 and 17. Paul says here, The Spirit itself bear witness with our spirit, that we are what? The children of God. And if children, then we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with Him, that we may be glorified together. 
the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, bear witness with us that we are the children of God. This is why Paul says in Romans 8 and 9, If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. See, so when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that's your seal that you are the child of God. So if I am the children of God, then guess what? I have to obey my Father's instructions. I've got to live my life according to the truth, to the Word of God. I've got to obey what God is asking me to do. And so John says, I have no greater joy than to hear that the children are walking in truth. We've got to stay in the truth. Amen. But this is what Paul tells the church in Galatians chapter 5. Amen. Notice Galatians chapter 5. Real quick there. Steadfast, therefore, in the liberty. Galatians 5. Steadfast, therefore, in the liberty wherein Christ has made us what? Free. Amen. How did he make us free? And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The Word of God. So you've got to stay in the Word of God. The liberty. Amen. You've got to stay in Christ if you're going to be free. You've got to stay in Christ. Amen. If you're not, if not, you're going to go right back and be entangled with the yokes of bondage. Amen. Keep that up there real quick. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherein Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yokes of bondage. See, you was in bondage. You was in captivity when you was in the world. You was yanked with, yoked, should I say, with Satan. And as for you was entangled, your life was all messed up. Amen. You was in captivity to his will and to his way. So Jesus set us free by the word of God. You shall know the truth, uh, and the truth shall make you free. And if the Son has the Son has made you free, then you are free indeed. Amen. To be free means not entangled. Amen. You're not going through all kinds of craziness and foolishness in your life. You've been brought out. You've been set free. Amen. You have the joy of the Lord. You have the peace of God. You have the serenity. These things in your life are in operation because you can look back and say, that used to be me. I know where I was. I know what I was combined, I meant, uh, trapped in, in. Amen. But God, if it had not been for Jesus, amen, where would I be? He set me free. He broke the bars of prison for me. I'm glory bound. My Jesus to see. Glory to God. What? He set me free. Now I am climbing higher each day. Darkness of night has drifted away. Daily I'm working. I'm praying too. Glory to God. What? I'm going through. You remember the old song? He set me free. Amen. That's what transpired. Jesus set us free. That's what Paul is saying. Now stand fast. And the liberty. Don't go back the old way. Don't go back to what you used to be. You have been led, brought out, amen, of darkness, Peter says, and First Peter 2, 9, unto his marvelous light that you can show forth the praises of him who's called you out. 
Your life now is to be a reflection of this book. Your life is now to be a reflection of what God has called you to do. So Peter says here, Paul says here, Behold, I Paul, verse 2, 5, 2, Galatians 5, 2. Behold, I Paul, say to you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he's debtor to the whole law. So Paul is talking about here, under the law, they had to be circumcised, amen, to become, you know, a, a part of the, the body of Christ back in those days. But he says, now Christ has did away with that. You know, we get baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's what cuts off the old way. Amen. That was just a type and shadow of what was to transpire. Amen. And But now, baptism is the removal, amen, of the heart. Praise God. And now this is what cuts the old way away. That's why when you look at Acts 2.38, Peter says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So baptism, you cut off that old life. This is why he says in the book of Romans, You are buried with Christ by baptism, that lies as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we should walk in what? Newness of life. Amen. So Paul goes on here. He says in verse 5, For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Verse 7, You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Who, who stopped you? Who stopped you? This is what he's saying here. You, you're running well, but who, you know, who, who told you you didn't have to obey the word of God? Who told you you didn't have to do what that says? Yeah. See, you, you've got to realize here. Notice verse 8. This persuasion coming not from him that called you. God called you. See? So he says... You know, if you're not, you know, if you're not obeying the truth, he says that did not come from God. He says a little leaven leaven the whole lump. See, just a little wrong messed your whole life up again. You get entangled again. See, so you've got to live according to the truth of God's word. So we have to stand fast and the liberty wherein Christ has made us free. Amen. So John goes on here, and he's talking about, I have no greater joy than to hear that the children are walking in truth. There's no matter where they are, amen, if they're overseas somewhere, amen, and you're back here, if your kids leave home, amen, and you get a letter that they got saved and they weren't saved, amen, that's excitement. Or somebody you had been witnessing to, and they go somewhere else. And then all of a sudden you hear that they got saved. I mean, it, it does your heart good. You know, I had a guy call me the other day. He's a, he was a truck driver. But when he was in the Marine Corps in Okinawa, he came to church one time. And he says, you know, I am so glad. He said, I was in my drunken stupor. You know, he says, I was so glad you was there preaching. You know, and he says, and now I'm in church. You know, 
He, he's, he's serving God. Amen. But, so you never know. No greater joy when he called me out of the blue. You know, you know, you're probably like me. You get you get these calls on your phone and you look at it. You just think is, you know, another spam call. You know, you don't want to answer it, you know, and stuff. You know, sometimes I want to answer. I say to my wife, oh, just let them leave me a message. If it's important, they'll call me back. But this day I just felt I need to answer this and just see who it is. You know, and it was him. You know, truck driver out there, you know. I'm California, you know, from south, but he was driving. He says, I just felt the call to you, you know. No greater joy to hear that my children are walking in truth. Amen. You never know what you're doing when you share the gospel with people. They may reject it. You know, I think I told you the story about the guy. We used to be out there on Gate 2 Street in Okinawa, not hot heat. And we'd be passing out tracks. And a guy came by and we gave him a track. And, you know, and he looked at it and he, he stuck it in his back pocket and he just kept going and stuff. And when I was on deputation, you know, out in California and I in a church, and he was in church. And he came up to me and he said, you probably don't remember me. He says, you know, you guys out there in that hot sun passing out that tr- those tracks, and you gave me one. And he says, and I said to myself, I ain't in church right now, but if I ever decide to go to church, it's going to be one like this. You know, and he was there. Amen. And no greater joy. I mean, I'm, I, you, you, you guys, you don't understand. I get emails. I get inboxes. I get all kinds of stuff on the Facebook morning man of posts now of people that years ago, you know, that I tried to witness to that are now reading it, that are now commenting it, you know, and calling me and stuff. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. And this is what John is trying to inspire into the church. Amen. And he goes on here in verse 5. He says, Beloved, thou doest faithful whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers which have borne witness of the charity before the church, whom if thou bringest forward on their journey after a good sort, thou shalt do well. John's focus now, he changes to missions. He transitions to missions here. The importance of support for missions or preachers or strangers that come through that you don't know, but yet they're coming through to share the truth and what God is doing. Amen. He says, you be the fellow helpers. You help them. You help them on their way. You help whatever they need because they're fellow laborers of God. Amen. And that's why the church has got to be missions-minded. Amen. When people are coming through, I mean, some of the missionaries, you may not know. They're strangers to you. You've never seen them before. And so what do they come through for? To share with us what God is doing. And as a result, we support them. You give to missions. Amen. And as a result, we send to them to help them. We give them an offering. We send them on their way. We put them in a hotel. We help take care of them. And this is what John is saying here. Amen. To the brethren and also to the stranger. 
We, we have people that come through that we do know. Maybe the superintendent come. Or maybe our local pastor come. The people we may know. Amen. We support those guys. We help them along the way because they're sharing the truth of God's word. And then again, like I said, to missionaries. Amen. We help them to get along the way. Notice what Paul writes into the church at Rome again in the 12th chapter. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. He says here, verse 9 through 16, Romans chapter 12. He says, let love be without dissimulation. We've got to be, our love has got to be the real deal. See, the reason your love has got to be the real deal is because you're walking in the truth. You can't say you love God and don't support what he's, he's doing. See, this is this is this this bugs me sometimes. People say, "Oh, I love God," but yet they don't do anything to support the missions. The mission, you know. You remember what Paul told the church in Philippi? He says, "I didn't have a need." He said, "But you sin again and again and again." And he says, "Because of that, my God shall supply all your need." According to your riches, his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But Paul goes on here. He says, let love be without the simulation. Amen. We've got to be true. Your love has got to be true. And the only way your love is going to be true is you've got to walk in truth. The word of God has got to be in you because God is the word. In the beginning was the word. Amen. The word has got to be in you. Truth has got to be in you. If not, you're going to have false love. Amen. See, if you tell me you love me and it's not real, it'll show. You know, I read something the other day. If somebody gossip about you to others, they'll gossip about others to you. That'll go right somewhere in there. Amen. But it's got to be real. You want love to be real, not dissimulated. If you tell me you love me, then be real with it. Don't go talk about me afterwards. Amen. You've got to be real here. You've got to be real with God and love your neighbor as yourself. Paul says, no man ever hated his own self, but he nurtures it. Amen. So let love be without the simulation. Abhor that which is evil. Avoid the evil that keeps coming after you. Go away from it. Walk away from it. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoice in hope, patience in tribulation. Continue an instant in prayer. Distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. Amen. Open the door. Amen. It's amazing me people put a weapon back on, on the door and then they don't want to invite you in. Hello? I put a welcome mat on the door. Welcome. And then don't invite people in. Y'all don't do that. I know you don't do that, right? Come on. We've got to be given to hospitality. Notice what Hebrews 13, 1 says. Let brotherly love continue and be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for whereby some have entertained angels unaware. That person come knock on your door. You know, you never know. They might be angels. 
They might be coming to check you out. Amen. So be real. Be real with your love. Distributing to the necessity of the saints. Let's help the saints. Amen. Let's help one another. We be brethren. <laughs> you know, I think that's what Jacob told, told Laban. We be brethren here. Amen. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. Weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind, one towards another. Mind not high things, but condense the men in low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Amen. Be real. That's all this is saying. Be real. Be diligent. Man, when you read the book of Proverbs, Solomon's got a whole chapter. I can't think of which one it is right off the top of my mind. He talks about don't be lazy. You know, he says, you know, the lazy man lays in his bed and as the door turner upon his hinges, he won't even get up. He won't even get his own food. You know. He says there's a bear out in the, in the street, a bear, and he won't even go out, a lion, excuse me, not a bear, but a lion is out in the street. He won't even go out and do anything about him. He just leave him out there. You know, let him destroy people. See, we are not called to be lazy. We must be diligent. This is what Paul is trying to get us to see here. Not slothful in business. Amen. Fervent in spirit. We've got to be active. The Holy Ghost. Do you know why it's called the book of Acts? Because of action of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Holy Ghost is doing things. And if we've got the Holy Ghost in us, if we've got the truth in us, then we're supposed to be active. We're supposed to be doing things. We're supposed to be movers and shakers. Amen. This is what God is wanting us to do. If we love Him, if we're walking in the truth, amen, let brotherly love continue and be not forgetful to entertain angels. For some have entertained angels, strangers, excuse me, some has entertained angels unaware. So John says, look, he says, beloved, thou doest faithful whatsoever thou doest. In other words, be faithful. Amen. Be faithful to the house. Be faithful to the things of God. Amen. Be faithful in your time with God. Be faithful in your talents. Be faithful in your treasures. Be faithful in your teachings. Be faithful in your truth. Be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. Why? Because God is faithful. If I'm in truth, I've got to be faithful. I cannot be unfaithful and say I'm in truth. It requires me to be faithful. God is faithful. He can't change who He is. And if I'm His child, then I've got to be faithful. If I say I'm going to do something, I need to do it. When I make a vow, I need to keep my vow. I've got to be faithful. Amen. Moreover, it is required of stewards that a man be found slothful. What is it? He's got to be faithful. Truth always makes you faithful. 
Because you know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If you're unfaithful, then guess what? You're going back the wrong way. Anything, if you're giving in to evil, you're going back the wrong way. If you're gossiping, you're going back the wrong way. Anything that goes against God's word, you're going back to the yoke of bondage. He brought you out. He brought you free. He wants you to have joy. He wants your faith in Him and and your abilities to be strong because you're going to have eternal life. And that more abundantly. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children is walking in truth. We've got the examples here. Amen. Notice Paul's writing again to Philippians, to the church at Philippi in in chapter 2. Verse 1 through 5, Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5, Paul says, start in verse 1, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, any bowels and mercies, fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Let this mind be in you. Where was it at first? In Christ. Do you have the mind of Christ? Do you have the mind of Christ? See, we got to be like Him. And the way we become like Him is the truth. To live the truth. To obey the truth. To conduct ourselves according to the truth. Paul says if there's any comfort of love, if there's any relief, if there's any support, if there's any inward affections and tender mercies, he says, fulfill my joy that you be like-minded. Amen. Have the same mind, one towards another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, love as brethren here, support the weak, support them that are coming through, support the strangers, support the brethren. Amen. Because I have no greater joy in the year that my children are walking in truth. God get excited when we do according to His will and to His word. Amen. Chapter 4, verse 1 through 3, Philippians. Chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. You know, when you, you read Scripture, you find that the church of Philippi was one of Paul's great churches, man. They would seem to always be doing the right thing. You know, from the time of their inception, when, you know, the church of Philippi came about when Paul got a call and said, come over and help us. You know, he went, to that, he went there and got beat up and put in prison and everything. But that's how that church started. But if you notice, Lydia, you know, who's a cell of purple, amen, they was, you know, out by the prayer, out by the ocean praying and stuff, and they got baptized and everything. And immediately she became a supporter of the church. Say, notice, she became, notice what she said to Paul. If you have found me what? Faithful. 
come to my house. See, that, that's, notice how she kicks off. Immediately, she shows faithfulness. And that's what we must become. If we say we know truth, we've got to be faithful to the things of God. Amen. Doing what God is asking of us. So Paul writing here at the fourth chapter of Philippians, he says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Adorius and beseech Cynthia that they be of the same mind in the Lord. In other words, get your act right, Cynthia, you, you and Adorius. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labor with me in the gospel, with Clements also, and with many other fellow laborers whom, whose names are in the book of life. Notice, he starts talking about people that are fellow helpers. You know, he says here, he says, greet them for me. You know, they're true yoke fellows. They, they've joined together. They're helpers. Amen. And this is what, you know, uh, sometimes when, when the missions letters are being written, amen, by missionaries, we say, you know, greet the church for us. Tell them how much we appreciate them, how much we love them, how much we thank them for what they're doing to help us support. Amen. This is what missions, how it operates. See, you may not see what is actually going on, but because you are supportive, you're part of the body, and God sees that because you're faithful and you're giving and things to the kingdom of God. The mission is going forth. Things are accomplished, and as a result, we have no greater joy than to hear that the children are walking in truth. Praise God. Here, yeah. We've got to say, you know, notice what Paul says, which have, I mean, John in verse 6 says, which have been born witness of the charity before the church, the love for the church. Do we love the church? Amen. The church is bigger than just this building. Amen. It goes all over the world. So we've got to stay in this truth. Now, go to Romans chapter 16. Romans 16. Paul writing to the church of Romans here in the 16th chapter, starting with verse 1. He says, I commend to you, Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is in Centuria, that you receive her in the Lord as becoming saints. And that you assist her in whatsoever business she have need of, for she have been a securer or a helper of many and of myself also. See? So this is what John is saying back there in the epistle. He says, you know, we're fellow helpers together of the cause. So when we have fellow helpers and those fellow helpers come through, we're supposed to help those fellow helpers. Amen. To help them with whatever they need to get them on the way. Paul goes on here, amen, in verse 3, says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, 
who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Salute my well-beloved Apentius, who is the first fruit of Achaia unto Christ. Greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us. Salute Andronicus and Jonas, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. Greet Amplus, my beloved in the Lord. Salute Urbane, our helper in Christ, and Stasius, my beloved. Salute Apollos, approved in Christ. Salute them who are of Astabolus household. Salute Arodian, my kinsman. Greet them that are of the household of Narcissus, which are in the Lord. Salute Trifonius and Triponasa, Trifosa, who labor in the Lord. Salute the well-beloved Persia, which labor much in the Lord. Salute Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. Salute Asyndicus, Phlegon, Hamas, Petrobas, Hermas, and the brethren which are with them. Salute Philegus and Julia, Nerissus and her sister, and Olympias, and all the saints which are with them. Salute one another with a holy kiss. The church of Christ salutes you. Notice here, Paul is talking about the fellow laborers and the fellow's helpers. He says, hey, salute them, help them, whatever it takes, amen, to get the job done. And this is what John is saying to us here in the epistle as well in Third John. He says, I have no greater joy than to hear that the children are walking in truth. When we're walking in truth, when we're doing what God is asking us, when we're supporting the missions and the helpers, amen, the body grows, the body is strong, and we all get excited when we hear the report of what God is doing. Amen. So I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. And if we're going to save the lost, we've got to labor together in the vineyard of Christ. Amen. Praise God. Father, we honor you again this morning, thanking you for thy great love and mercy and all that you do for us. You are the great I am, the way, the truth, the life, and the door. And we appreciate your goodness and mercy to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take a small break.